the hell are you supposed to be? Good day, folks. I have a friend here with me today. Mr. Zane Thomas. Hi, Bram. I like your radio accent. Good day, folks. Comic Book Movie Guy here. I welcome my live audience. Comic Book Movie Guy here. I have a friend here with me today. I have the... Co-host of the show, at times, Mr. Zane Thomas. Zane Thomas, how are you, buddy? Hi, Bram. I like your radio accent. It's really nice. Thank you so much. I appreciate that very, very much. Um, you know, it's nice to have you back on the podcast. I got a lot to talk to you about today. We, um, we've seen the Batman twice together. We have enjoyed both of our viewings. And we are two people that can't contain ourselves this morning with our talk. We've just been talking since you got here. Zane got here at about 8 o'clock this morning, 9 o'clock I guess more so, brought me a coffee. You always bring the McDonald's coffee. We used to do Tim Hortons, but we switched over to McDonald's. Where do you guys sit on the coffee? Do you drink McDonald's? Do you drink Starbucks? Starbucks for me is overpriced. That's just where I sit. Zane, what's your favorite coffee? Well, it used to be Tim Hortons, and then you told me that revelation that it's actually just like a, a brewed version of McDonald's coffee, is it not? It is. Fun fact for the listeners. Fun fact for comic movie guys listeners is the McDonald's roast is actually Tim Horton's previous roast. That's what they used to use. Ooh. Yes. And I don't know if you guys can see, but on the live feed today, we have Stella and Winnie with us. Stella beside Zane. Stella, introduce yourself to the episode. Oh, you can Thank see you, your, Stella. You can see your head there. Oh, she just disappeared. <laughs> All right. Anyways, and Winnie's on the floor somewhere. Let's talk. So, first of all, Zane, I want your official opinion on the movie, on the Batman. What What was your review? How did you like it? What did you like? Give me everything. Like, just go on a tangent, man. This is Comic Book Movie Guy, the podcast, and I want you to go on a tangent. Well, Brem, <laughs> as we kind of alluded to off air, just before we started here, I was just telling you... Um, how seeing a movie is like a two-step process. You see it once, and you decide how good it is. Then you see it a second time, and that is the defining moment of whether or not that movie is actually good or not. So that's the effect I had with Batman. When we went the first night, it was great. I had my, my picture, my recollection of it. Let it marinate for a little while. Then we go a second time in Leduc. That's when I really paid attention, even more so than the first time. Right. Because as you mentioned in your last podcast there, which was great, by the way. Thank um, you. It was dialogue heavy. And like a Tarantino film, you need to really pay attention to what they're saying. You do. So I really focused on the little things in the second viewing. Mm-hmm. And that's when at the end I decided, holy, this is a awesome movie. Like, a really, really good movie. I thought it was good the first time, but it was sensational the second time. Mm -hmm. So that was my final verdict on the Batman. Sensational movie. Sensational. Would you give it a 10 out of 10? Or is it kind of like, it's it's a 9 or an 8, eh? No movie is 10 out of 10, in my opinion. I like that, and I agree with that. No movie is 10 out of 10. Because everybody has a different opinion on movies. 
Yes, and for the type of movie that it is, I don't think a superhero movie can necessarily even be nine out of ten. Hey, I agree with that too. To me, a really, really good superhero film is between eight and 8.9. Like, really, mm. really be focused, like, on the numbers. Yeah, yeah, like, down to almost, like, a point, like a, like a one-point decimal. <laughs> Look at Wendy Brim. Oh, there she is. <laughs> good girl, wins. Yeah, um, we're going to have a lot of... Uh, we're going to gush over the dogs throughout the entirety of this episode. So <laughs> if you aren't on the live feed on Instagram, you're not going to really see what we're talking about. And even if you are on the live feed, Winnie's so damn small, I don't think you could see her. And she's this little black dog. It's literally like a slice of midnight in Zane's lap right now. Yeah, I like her. Um, yeah. Sorry to be sidetracked, Brent. Please, please. That's what this show is about. <laughs> <laughs> like, I literally never stay on topic. So please, um, sidetrack your way onto this show. Yeah, so... Again, not to be superficial with the numbers here, but I mean that's how I rate a movie, and I think that even the movie critics are the same. Like, like they're they're really hard and particular with the numbers that they give movies. So I, I can't give it like a like a hard nine or a ten because that's just not realistic. No movie is perfect. Mm-hmm. But you know, an, an eight point one and eight point five, I would say that's extremely good. That's up there. And and what we just talked about before this episode with... Um, actually, you know what? Maybe should I save that for the reviews? I, I just want to say, can... basically, like, not to compare okay. cer- yeah. certain things. We'll get yeah, more we'll into get that there. later. Yeah, we'll get there. But when I look at this movie, I try not to compare it to others, pretty much, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And I think... So let's, let's transition this into the reviews, because I think it's important that we do get to the reviews. Thank you, guys. Thanks to whoever you know, reached out and gave me reviews for this movie. Besides the people that I saw it with, I got those reviews in person. Um, you heard Zane's review here this morning, but this episode is all about the reviews for the Batman. And today I want to talk about everyone's reviews and I wanted to have Zane on because it's a lot. It's a lot for one person to, um, to tackle, uh, different opinions, different, uh, you know, and it's not like, you know, hundreds of followers sent me their reviews. You know, I got five or six from various age groups, starting, you know, starting with guys a couple of years younger than us, to my girlfriend, a casual viewer, Randy Keats, to my parents, to my grandparents, to the all-time fans, which are you and me in Austin. So I have a few reviews to go over, and then I wanted to get into what you talked about, Zane, and that's the, why are we comparing this movie? And to be honest with you guys, and I want to thank Especially, I just want to do a quick shout out to Connor McNary, Nina Muncy, and uh, Gabe Dick, who also reached out to me and sent me their reviews. And I want to get to those sort of the general outline of the reviews. I read them uh, several times over, and I don't have them in front of me because I, I really wanted to get the idea of what, you know, and they were brief paragraphs that these two had sent me. Uh, Nina did a great job. She typed out her and Connor's reviews like, point form like in the order of the events that the movie uh was like how it happened oh that's cool. and how they felt so <coughs> i mean excuse me that's okay on this podcast we cough sneeze whatever that's a wrong pipe for sure a colonel you know and i want to mention you know we'll take a second here zane to mention you're small you're you have you are so easy to have on this show you're a great guest because you don't have that many requests and you're also my only guest. 
at this point. I haven't had any other guests on the show yet, hmm. but I treat you as more of a co-host. And when my co-host comes over in a sense and he wants snacks, what is the host going to do? He's going to provide. So what do we have in front of us here, Zane? We have some spicy peanuts. Not a great idea for a talk show. We have kerneled popcorn. Not, idea, not ideal for a talk show. And we have peanut butter pretzel bites. Also not ideal for a talk show. You know what? I haven't tried it yet, actually. Let me, let me have one of those, and we'll have a verdict right here. These are PC Express. You know, Randy, she's been making fun of me lately because I've been on a PC Express kick because we live so close to the Superstore now. Interesting. It, they take a while, and they're super dry. I'm not but, sure how I feel right now. All right. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, you know what I think. You like them. I bought the thing. I love it. But it takes a while to set in. You know and what? you have to be in the mood. You know what I just realized? It tastes like, like, like a piece of peanut butter toast. Yeah. And that's a good taste. You know, I agree with that. And it's the pretzel that gives it that feeling. So yeah, I think I do like it. I think I like it. I'm not sure. <laughs> Should I start reviewing food instead of movies or what? Review like pretzel specific foods? Yeah, that'd be great, bro. Just pretzels? Your, your niche is pretzels. It is a niche audience right now, <laughs> so we can continue that niche audience with pretzel bites. Mm -hmm. Let's get back to the review. Hey, Bram, get, get back to Bass Tax here. Let's go. Let's get back, <laughs> back to Brass Tax, Zane says. You know, this, I'm going to start with Connor and Nina's review because it starts in a place that I didn't expect, and it's that they were very drawn to the movie, and they really liked Riddler. But they didn't enjoy um, the overall movie. It wasn't enough, essentially, for them. The car chase was dope, Connor said. <laughs> but he expected more. That was the overall consensus of Nina and Connor's review, is that they expected more from the film. And that's not an overly unfair take. What do you think? Like, where do you sit on this review? It's, it's not a... It is a negative review, but Connor was also weary to say, you know, take with a grain of salt, he said. Because this is an initial viewing. It's a one-time thing. Him and Nina went. Didn't enjoy it. So what do you think? What do you think about a negative review for the Batman? Well, first of all, thank you for that opinion, Connor and Nina. Like, we, like that's, that's why we talk about this. Because it's good to get different perspectives, right? Things that I might not have thought, someone else thought. And then it makes me think, okay, well, maybe my mind could change about that, right? Yeah. So good to have dialogue. But I, I do want to add to that that scene specifically with the actual car chase. Bit of a plot hole there, and my buddy Dustin, Oice as we call him. Oice, um, yeah. <laughs> I do like that name. Yes, I do. It's, 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 it really kind of like coined itself along with Brem back in the day. Oh yeah, um, okay. <laughs> uh, where was I? Oh yeah, a bit of a plot hole, I would say. He, he, he pointed this out, oh, Dustin did. And he was just saying how that really crazy scene of Penguin and Batman chasing each other on the highway and we make it clear that this Batman doesn't kill yeah what do we see that whole car chase vehicles exploding all around them hmm interesting I never thought of that D did did those people perish <laughs> in this giant havoc of Batman supposedly oh, trying to stop the bad guy see man and this is where it gets rough right because Batman is that character. That's such a flaw 
with Batman is that he doesn't kill. But it's also the entire arc of the character. That's what he is. He doesn't kill. Those civilians did not look too good on that highway, though. <laughs> it could have been a little bruised up. But you know what? Matt Reeves is smarter than that. And I bet if we rewatch it and analyze it to the point where we're like, okay, let's be realistic. Are these people going to die in this car crash that we see on the screen? I bet you that it's not as severe as we think. I'm going to eat my words if we rewatch this and he's absolutely obliterating people on that <laughs> highway because <laughs> I don't remember, like I remember there being a ton of action. And here's my opinion uh, for Connor and Nina on their review. And it's this, it's that I think you guys had a very fair and a very honest review of the Batman. You're right. It is a slow burn. It is not this big action packed booming movie. It has its moments. I like that you guys liked Robert Pattinson. That was really great. And that's what I wanted from people who saw it was to enjoy Robert. So that was good. But I think it's a very fair review. And I literally have nothing against that review from them. And I want to just transition that into Gabe Dick's review because it did resonate a lot with what Connor and Nina did say. Hmm. But Gabe's review is solely based on... I was expecting it to be the caliber of movie of the Dark Knight, is what he said. That was his final sort of line. And that's the one that I, I read it over and over again. He just sent me this like two days ago, and I've read his little paragraph like probably four times because I'm like, okay, I'm just, I'm wrapping my head around a bad review. And that's an important thing to do as, as you know, a podcaster that covers this stuff. That's what I want. I want good and bad. And with you, it's always good. Because, or it's always bad. Like, both of us agree on most of our movies, do we not? I would say so. Yeah. For the most part. Sometimes, like, I watch a movie and I'm like, that was awesome. And then you're like, I'm not touching that thing. You know? Like, yeah. it's not my thing. Yeah. You're very okay with saying that. I like that about you. Yeah. But with, with Gabe, he was comparing it directly to The Dark Knight. And I don't know if that was his intention. I don't know if that was your intention, Gabe. And I'm speaking directly to you if you're listening. Um, but here's my advice for you. And it's that you go watch it one more time, but like when it comes out or something, and just watch it from a perspective of this is a whole other version and this is one man in Matt Reeves. This is just his vision for what he wants in a Batman universe. And also, Gabe, buckle up, man, because this is the first movie of probably a universe of, you know, 10 or so projects, including shows. And that's just what I think is going to happen here. But also, if you're not, uh, if you're not into the first one in a, in a trilogy, you might be into the second one. So I also say to you, Gabe, is uh, if you don't want to watch it a second time, that's totally fine. But I would go see the sequel to this movie when it is announced and when it does come out in a couple of years or whatever. Um, but man, I appreciate that review so much. And I want Zane's opinion on that bad review with, you know, the Dark Knight comparison to um, the Batman. I see where Gabe's coming from. He has expectations. And, and, and Gabe's not alone. Oh, for sure. And the Dark Knight series, that's what set the bar for him. Like many of us, we have a bar. Yeah. You know, and if there's a new project in that realm, we're judging whether or not it reaches that bar or not. And yeah. in this case, it kind of underwhelmed Gabe, right? Mm -hmm. 
Gaben a lot of people in the world were underwhelmed by this right. movie. Right. Yeah. And that's fine. I understand. But I counter that with it's a little dangerous, in my opinion, from a movie critic standpoint, to be comparing two completely different films, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. You know, we got the Dark Knight universe really, really grounded and just kind of more just real reality-based. Yeah, it's a realistic take. Batman in Battinson's universe is also a realistic take in a sense but and more grounded, but it's also comic-y. Yeah. So, so it's, it's two different styles in a sense, and um, it's just really hard to compare. Sure. You know what I mean? And I, I almost wouldn't compare. Like, yeah, so, so Gabe comparing that, that's a, that's a really high bar. It is. Also. Yeah. Because The Dark Knight, like, I said this in a, in a previous podcast, and I agree, I agree with Gabe. I agree. I agree with you, Gabe. You agree? I agree, too. I agree. Too. We both agree <laughs> with you, Gabe. The Dark Knight is the best Batman movie overall at this point. Um, I think Zane shares that opinion with me, but he might not. For me, like, so this is how I broke it down. I'm just, I don't want to be super confusing to any of the listeners. All I said in my episode was, The Batman is my favorite Batman movie of all time. The Dark Knight is the best Batman movie of all time from a global viewer standpoint at this point in time. Where do you stand on that opinion, that take? That is a bold one because it's just so much goes into that claim. If you want to say it's the best of all time, okay, maybe from a box office standpoint, sure. Because like financially... Like a factual standpoint, it's the best. Yeah, but I mean... It did the best. Yeah, absolutely. But like the actual crown jewel that is the best of all time, that is that is so biased, right? We don't We don't really know technically what the best is because we're all different in that realm for opinions. Yeah. So, I mean... You know, successful-wise, and, and in terms of, like, cultural impact, maybe, sure, The Dark Knight impact takes the cake. The Dark Knight <laughs> takes the cake. Not impact, sorry. Dark Knight <laughs> impact. Yeah. The Dark <laughs> yeah. Knight impact, I guess. That's a new movie. Okay. All right. Anyways, but, like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, I guess ter- in, in terms of, like, how much it affected people, absolutely yeah. it takes the cake on that bit. This is intriguing to me. Like, this actually, it doesn't change my opinion, but it does broaden it. Just something to consider. Like, he's not wrong. Gabe is not wrong. That's his opinion, and that's... Um, uh, he's got a lot to back that up, too. So, he like, does. he's certainly correct in that realm. Yeah. But from my opinion, my biased opinion, this new Batman really, like, coincided with what I wanted to see. And, and I personally think it set my bar for what I want to see moving forward. Do I think it's better than The Dark, the Dark Knight? Can't say for sure, just because they're two different films. And I love... I've said this before, and I'll say it again... I love that the Dark Knight trilogy is called the Dark Knight trilogy because it's so different from any other version of Batman that we know from the comics. Mm -hmm. And it does feel like a completely separate thing. The Dark Knight trilogy. It was a thing. Christopher Nolan did a thing (laughs) back in the 2000s. And we have that to celebrate, to enjoy. And if that's your thing... Go for it. But I will say to you, the casual viewer of Batman and the casual fan of Batman, embrace the future. It is bright. It's dark, but it's also bright. 100%. Can I just say too, like, I feel like Dr. Evil and Austin Powers right now. Zane is petting Winnie as if he's Mr. Bigglesworth from 
Austin Powers at the moment. And when Mr. Bigglesworth gets upset, people die! <laughs> I'm just kidding. Thank you for that. I want to add more movie references in my episodes. So I was hoping you'd... Did you hear about Sean Connery last episode where I couldn't, for the life of me, think of what that guy's name was? i got to say, Bram, you got a pretty good Sean Connery accent there. I like that. You know, part of me transformed into that man as I was, as I was trying to remember his name. <laughs> I think he, you know, embodied me in a sense, in that moment. Let's move on to my girlfriend's review, okay. if you don't mind. Sounds good. You know Randy. I you know her, her opinions. I think I know Randy. You think, yeah, she's never here when you're here <laughs> because she's at her internship. But I will say this. Her and I had a, a, an awful experience in the movie theater when we went. Mm-hmm. I did that on my last episode, the movie theater uh, etiquette, where I spoke about the two guys beside me and I will say this, man, our viewing was fantastic. You, me, and Austin, when we went, mm-hmm. that was my favorite viewing. I've seen it three times, and either that one or the Leduc viewing was my favorite. I think the Leduc viewing takes the cake for me just because it was bare bones. It was stripped down. It was just the screen, just the seats, and just us. And our theater was packed. You didn't almost fall asleep, though, did you? No. God. Okay. Could you imagine? Because when I looked over at you, when we have our usual exchange of looks, like, yeah, that was a great scene. Yeah. Or, oh, that was awesome. I was a little worried about you. I, th- I, I saw you kind of, like, go like this a little bit with your eyes or something. I don't know. But, like, I thought you were kind of drifting a little bit. I was like, Bram, no, that's not you. Oh, God. I, you know what that probably was? Is I get, when I, when I watch a second viewing of a movie, I get so invested that sometimes I literally take a minute to reset mm-hmm. in the theater. And I do, I do that. I, I, I cover my eyes. <laughs> it's sort of like I, I put a little bit of pressure on my eyes and my nose. Yeah. And it sort of releases pressure around my like nasal passage and stuff. Oh, it's yeah. super weird, but yeah. it, like, it resets my brain and I refocus. Because mm. in a Batman movie, yeah. that's three hours long. That's a noir-driven, detective, heavy dialogue film. And you're seeing it for the third time. I want to catch those tidbits of dialogue that I missed in the earlier viewings. You know, oh, and that's what I was really trying to focus on. So if I, if I wasn't present in our normal looks, you know, I talk about our looks and our glances that we give each other. Yeah. Uh, in movies, in the last episode, like how we kind of have it down to a science. We know what each other's feeling. Oh, absolutely. It's kind of like an, an unwritten rule between us, you know, like, like we know what we're both kind of thinking, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I like that. Randy's review is this. She enjoyed the movie. To the greatest extent. Thought it was awesome. She loves thrillers. She loves detective, sort of like solve the mystery sort of thing. And she thought Pattinson was great. She said this to me, though. She said that... um, She said that her favorite Batman of all time is still Christian Bale. After seeing the Batman. And that, to me, that put me in a place where I was like interesting because that's not at all where i sit i don't like christian bale as batman but she likes him as bruce wayne and she didn't like bruce wayne in this she thought and that was actually another comment from nina and connor like their bruce wayne was he wasn't the bruce wayne that they like that they enjoy you know that's fair that really is fair because it was a different take than what we're used to with with seeing a bruce wayne it's a very alternative take so i totally get that but I counter you this. Riddle me this, Brim. Mm-hmm. What makes Christian Bale 
the best in Randy's eyes, if I can ask. Did she elaborate on that a little bit? What did she, she like did. more about Bale? It was the charisma. And it was the charisma behind his, she likes the billionaire playboy Bruce Wayne. She doesn't like the, um, I mean, I can't say that she doesn't like, she liked Pattinson's performance. She liked his Bruce. I think she wanted more of the playboy side of Bruce, which is fair. I think a lot of fans would have wanted that too. But the thing that I told her, and she agrees now that I sort of explained to her, is that he's going to evolve into that. And as you watch sequels to the Batman, the second movie, the third movie, the shows coming out on HBO Max, everything. As you watch this, you're going to see Pattinson's Batman grow and evolve. And the character arc, he's spoken about this. And Matt Reeves has spoken about this. They've had meetings about what Bruce's arc is going to look like through three movies. And I, Pattinson is devilishly, sneakily handsome. And I think that Randy's opinion will change by the third movie. That's fair. Like, we're, we're going to see a lot of growth moving forward. You know, we can't get ahead of ourselves here. This is a very early stage of his career. And that's what I like about these types of series is we're going to see growth, evolution. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't, we don't get the squeaky clean thing that we want right off the bat. Right. We, we got to kind of earn that along with him. We're earning it as an audience just, just as much as he's earning it with his character building that. Yeah, that's really well said. And the thing that people aren't getting that these fans or sorry casual moviegoers like uh like gabe like connor like nina like randy like my grandparents like my parents <laughs> all these people that are casual moviegoers or casual comic book moviegoers for sure um they're all going to be looking for the same thing but what they don't have that you and i have or that maybe they they don't research the way you and i research on these movies is Matt Reeves, like, we're in really good hands here. And Matt Reeves is going to take care of us, and he understands the character fully. And this was just his version of an origin tale. And the fact that he was able to do an origin tale of the Batman without telling you how he, you know, his parents were killed and blah, 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 the same thing we've seen over and over again. We see Batman in year two. Here's Batman's origin story. He exists. His rogues gallery exists. They're just coming to light. You know, there's that scene with the Joker that's going to be released post-production. So once this is, or not post-production, but after the movie's done in theaters, Matt Reeves is going to release the scene with the unseen Arkham prisoner and Batman. Now, what purpose does that serve exactly? I never understood that. Why not just have that in like the regular theatrical cut when you're going to the movie theater? Why include it after the fact? That's a great question. And Matt actually just answered that the other day. And he said that the reason he didn't put it in the plot for, or for his movie, he, there was two scenes that he cut. There was one scene with Pattinson and the Joker, and there was one scene with Pattinson and the Penguin. And he just felt like it didn't uh, shape the story in the way that he wanted. And if he would have put that Joker scene in there... Um, it sounds like a very similar scene to like the killing joke where Batman goes and visits the, the alias of Joker, like sitting kind of in the shadows. And, you know, I think that he says that the Joker at one point during that scene says something along the lines of it's our one year anniversary. So, you know, he's saying that trouble is always around the corner in Gotham. And we now have learned that the GCPD show is no longer a thing. That whole idea was scrapped. Why is that? 
because they're turning it into an Arkham Asylum show on HBO Max. Oh, is that is is Batman going to be in that? Correct. Really? You're going to see every rogues gallery villain in an Arkham Asylum based show directed produced not maybe not directed but produced for sure by Matt Reeves in Matt Reeves Batman World. They've changed it from GCPD, which I could give two shits about the cops in Gotham. Really? I really didn't care about that that much. To be and honest. I thought that the cops did a good job in the movie. They were f- effective. It was great, but it belongs in the movie, not necessarily like a whole TV show. Stop doing Marvel formula and making small, irrelevant characters into giant TV shows yeah. that nobody wants to watch that won't compete with the Doctor Stranges and the Spider-Mans of Marvel. Yeah, well, Give us Batman. Give us Joker. Give us Poison Ivy. Give us Harley Quinn. Give us Clayface. Give us Lizard. Give us, or not Lizard, but Bane. So like, you know? So like, does does Pattinson star in that Asylum thing? No. No. He, if anything, he'll feature. He'll be like, but it's going to be a very compelling show because it's going to be all the villains and how they're operating in Arkham. Mm-hmm. A lot of Gordon is my guess. A lot of GCPD cops from the show. This is all just guessing at this point. None of it's in production yet, but it's like happening. It's in the works at Warner Brothers, as they say. A lot of things are in the works at Warner Brothers right now. We'll get to that too. I have two final reviews I want to get to before we just, the last bit of this, like we're at the half an hour point. So I get, I consider that halfway for me when I'm with you because we usually get about an hour episode in. It zooms by, hey, it feels like five minutes. Yeah, it, re- it really does. To us anyways, listeners might be like, when's this over? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, God, why does it have to be an hour long? But yeah. I'm going to dive right into my parents' review, which they loved it. My dad looked me in the eye and he said that was the best Batman movie I've ever seen. Really? He loved it. Dwayne, really? Dwayne loved it. Wow. Dwayne. 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 You know, he came over last night, him and my mom, and uh, they were just here with Randy and I, and we had supper and stuff. And What'd you have? I, we had, uh, we, they just ordered pizza, mm. picked up pizza, Domino's pizza on the way in. Nice. And we just had pizza. And we watched the first period of the Flames game. And, you know, Mum and Randy, they, they chatted for a bit. And the dogs were playing. They brought Mia and all that stuff, like my parents' dog and stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> I was watching the Flames game with him. And uh, he was, we had it on mute and we were watching or whatever. And we were talking about the Oilers at the same time. Have you ever had a conversation with my dad about the Oilers and the Flames like as two separate teams and like how are the Flames doing versus how are the Oilers doing and what are your opinions on both teams? I am a comic book movie. You said to me before the episode, you said movie. Remember, movie is part of your name, right? Movie. Yes, so that's everything. That's broadening the spectrum. But what I want to do one day is have my dad on the episode and have him just talk about the Oilers versus the Flames, like what he likes about the Oilers, or sorry, the Flames, and why he's been a Flames fan forever. Would you listen to that? We should almost have him on your episode or your show, for <laughs> God's sakes. I don't mean to. I mean, <laughs> you know, that's one of those questions, honestly, that's been unanswered for many years. And what, you what? were you were worried that you were going to go on a tangent in this episode. Mm-hmm. Welcome to Comic Book Movie Guy, the podcast. Tangents everywhere. I'm just pondering that because now I'm thinking because it's like that is a question that's remained unanswered for years. I respect your dad and his, um, 
you know, his allegiance to the Calgary Flames because he's stuck by it since day one. Yes. You know? He's always been a Flames fan. He's not fair weather, not bandwagon. He has been a true blue Flames fan since day one. Yes. So I want to know the, the origins behind that when he himself lives right here by the Oilers. He's closer to the Oilers than he is to Flames. Yes, he is. So yeah. one day we'll get the answer, hopefully. We will. And I, the fact that that man said to me while we were having dinner, this was earlier when I got their review, my mom loved it. I knew my mom would like it because my mom and I have always had this connection with movies like this. You know, like I could always share that with her. Mm-hmm. But my dad, not so much. It's not his thing, which is fair, right? He's the hockey guy. He's the baseball guy. Like I, I could talk to my dad about sports for literally hours. But he said to me, this was my favorite Batman movie. It was awesome, he said. That's it, so cool. Actually, he used, I'm not going to swear, but he, it was awesome, he said. That made me feel really good. That's great. You know? You know, when, when especially when a movie, uh, I, I know people that just aren't hyped about superhero films, right? And that's understandable. Yeah. But when you, when you can actually take them to some, some type of movie like that, and they actually say, okay, that was actually pretty good. I mean, that's, that's powerful, you know? Absolutely. That was, that was my ultimate review was his. That's the one that really stuck with me. This is the last review of the day. And it comes from my grandparents, who my grandpa just turned 75 today. Nice. Happy birthday. Yeah. Happy birthday to you, grandpa, if you're listening to this. I will reach out to you at some point today, too. <laughs> but also, I, this is the only review that I took notes on because it, it was on a phone call with them. So I just want to read to you some of the words that they had given me. In your giant book there? Yeah, I have, this, I have this, giant, this giant notepad in front of me that I used while I was talking to my grandparents. And you know, if my grandparents are listening to this, which I know they listen to this show, uh, they were so detailed and they were so extensive with their review that I was so utterly impressed that I saved this one for last. And like I said, you know, 75, I hate to just like out you on your age, by the way, <laughs> Grandpa. I'm like outing his age on here. I don't even know. <laughs> Anyways, they said this, grim, dark, ominous, rain were the words that they used. Nice. Powerful stuff. Because Matt Reeves, that's the intention behind Batman. That's what Batman is in the comics. They spoke to, my grandparents spoke to me as if they had read a Batman comic. I was floored. They said things like, so the first thing that I said to them was, how was the first hour of the film? They said it was excellent. They were drawn to it. And also they felt quite out of place because there was people our age only in the, in the film or in their viewing, right? Like our age or younger. And they were quite out of place, they said. Hmm. So like, they also, they use things like, um, they said, would you watch another, I asked them if they would watch another Matt Reeves film. And they said, yes, they're very intrigued by him. They said that they were impressed and they avoided um, movies that step outside of reality. They never watch movies that step outside of reality. But they were intrigued and enjoyed this movie. Like, where do you make on it that these two people like my grandparents I guess they don't like and I know for a fact they don't like these movies what does that say to you hearing like those terms those words like 
do you think they understood the movie? And like, how do you feel about their opinion? Because for me, it's an excellent opinion. And that's the review I was looking for from an audience member that I didn't like audience members that I did not expect to enjoy the movie. And they did. So where do you sit? Sorry for the long intro here. Oh, don't be sorry. <laughs> that's uh, well said, actually. Thank you. What I think about that, it just speaks to the the impact of being grounded, I think. Because if you showed your grandparents Justice League, for example, mm-hmm. I don't think they would have the same opinion because Justice it's League laughable is... laughable to them. It's pretty much laughable in their eyes, and understandably so. For sure. Because it's just totally fantasy, as, as we have it on in the background right now, which I'm looking at, just so people know, I'm not looking at the wall, pointing at the wall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But... Um, yeah, it speaks to the, the impact that grounded reality has even on just the average person. That's what gets them roped in. It's something they can connect with, something that they can resonate with. Yeah. And I think that's why your grandparents, if I'm not trying to speak for them, but I'm assuming no, of course. that that's, um, that's why they might have liked it perhaps more than anything else that they would have given time of day to for superhero genres. Yeah. So that's where I stand on that. What do you think? I think it's, you know, it's a testament to the fact that they were, I, I thank them actually, because they went to the movie open-minded. Good, good point. Going in there with an open mind absolutely opens the floodgates for something maybe a little more positive than what you're expecting. They're in a way, they're the ideal audience to experience a new Batman. <laughs> in a way. Like, or sorry, I shouldn't say they're the ideal audience. You and I are the ideal audience. But they're an interesting element to the audience that people, um, they're two grammar teachers. They're ex-grammar teachers, mm-hmm. right? And they can go to this movie and intellectually watch and discuss afterwards with their grandson who's doing a show on it. And it was like, you know, it was a half an hour, 40 minute conversation. And they answered my questions with detail. They were super descriptive in how the overall vibe of the movie felt to them. And that was just, that was super cool. So I thank everyone for your reviews. And I thank Zane for joining me for the reviews. But we're gonna go off on a 20 minute tangent here and we're gonna open the floor to Mr. Zane Tomich from Shatter the Glass. And I just, how are things going for you? Because I know that your show, you know, you just mentioned that uh, the episode with Kim was up to like 90 views, 90 plays or something like that. Like you're starting to gain an audience and you're interviewing everyone. So like, tell me how that's going for you. Well, yeah, no, um, I mean, first of all, thanks for all that today, uh, Brem. It was a great time talking to you. It's always fun talking to you. Yeah. And it's just great to connect and kind of find, uh, I know I say this a lot, common ground <laughs> on, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, just different things, you know, and I like to say too, like when we talk about someone who doesn't like a superhero film, it's not true. Like any movie in general, whether it's a drama or it's a romance or it's action or it's superheroes, they say it's for one specific audience, like you and I, for example, with superheroes, Yeah. but every movie is for everybody. Oh yeah! Like, like the truth is, if someone's just got to find one thing that they resonate with, and it's it's just instantly embedded in their head that that's hey, that's a good movie, you know. So when I think of cinema, man, it's just so inclusive and it's so like good for that. 
mm-hmm. that we can all unite on and just kind of like share something great with and, and really appreciate. And that's really the basis of your show, hey? It's common ground. Exactly. You know, I, I want to talk to anybody. Like, that's just the reality. I don't, I don't care where you're from. I don't care what you do. I just want to have a nice discussion that we can all relate on and even share, like, some insight and actual value to the audience with. Because that's what life's about, man. It's about growing. It's about learning. It's about meeting new people, forging new relationships, building connections. Dialogue's important. Communication's important. Mm-hmm. We have to be open. We have to be um, embracing of each other. You know, having these connections. You know, people that are online right now. You know, like hello. It's, it's yeah. Great. It's great to see you. It's a Saturday morning. It's <laughs> sunny out. We have coffees. We got snacks. We got dogs all around my lap here. Like yeah, you can this really is what life's all about. That. You know, it's just happy. It's just happy to share this with anybody who wants to listen. So I love that. I love that. And, you know, I said we were going to go on for 20 minutes. I've been kind of, you know, on the side of shortening my episodes a bit. So I thank you, Zane Tomich from Shatter the Glass. Uh, I thank you, my listeners. I thank everyone who reached out for reviews, my live audience right now. And one final send-off from Comic Book Movie Guy. This has been a lot of fun. I thank you to Zane Tomich. Any last words for the listeners today? Hey, thanks for listening today, everybody. Comic book movie guy, a.k.a. Bram, is a great guy. He knows his stuff. He's a great storyteller. So I recommend you follow him. If you haven't already, follow him. So uh, take care. I'm signing off as Zane Tomich, and I'll give it back to Bram here. There he goes. Thank you very much, my man. This has been Comic Book Movie Guy, the podcast. This has been a ton of fun. I'll see you guys next time. We're going to talk about your movie theater nightmares. So get them in to me via... Instagram DM or text me at 780-940-5780. Text me your movie theater nightmares. I already have one by Austin McNary that I'm going to tease because it is the best movie theater nightmare I have ever heard. And we'll get to that this week. Look for that uh, Thursday at 7 p.m. This episode is dropping today, March 19th. Is it today? 20th? What day is it? March 19th. March 19th. Good call. So you'll see that sometime tonight. I look forward to you guys listening to this. If you were on the live, thank you so much. Comic Book Movie Guy signing off. Take care, guys. I'm Comic Book Movie Guy. Whoa! This guy's crazy! You're part of this, too. Oh my part of it. You'll see.